Hello, everybody, and welcome to my new rebranded podcast. This is um, going to lead towards um, Paris 2024. It'll also include a Commonwealth Games, um, and, and I'm sure it'll include a lot more um, fun stuff along the way um the the podcast previously was very very successful i think we we would all agree um the journey to you know tokyo 2020 while I, it's funny I, I have a i have a nice thing to say about it a nice like what am i good at i don't know what the fuck you would call it is it like a uh it's not a metaphor but um Tokyo 2020 was a failure. The journey was not a failure. Um, the way I I was talking to my grandmother on the phone earlier, and we talked about the fact that if you if you set off from your house to buy a two liter of milk, and you come back without milk, no matter what way you try to um, sugarcoat that, that was a fail. I've just bought an electric toothbrush, so I'm trying to. It just doesn't seem to be sitting right. And the wee fucking thing comes off too easy. I was supposed to not swear as much on this podcast. Anyway, no matter what way you look at that, it's a feel, right? The the day itself. Tokyo 2020, Olympic marathon. I can tell you it was not my ambition to go to Tokyo, run eight mile, pods be knackered, body be knackered, have to stop. There's four days before the Olympic marathon. I had a psychiatrist tell me, um, no matter what happens, I need to be okay. His his job is first and foremost to make sure that I'm okay. So if I get two mile into the race and have to pull out, I have to be okay with that. And I think at the time, I was quite shocked at what he was saying. In my head, I think I thought, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about dropping out at two miles for? What's wrong with you? And then obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing and, well, shit, I dropped out, which is a feel because, like I said, if you go to the fucking shop to buy milk and you come home without milk, well, you know, you failed. You're going to have a cup of tea and you won't have milk to put in it, which seems really simple. The next thing is just today I was talking to my granny on the phone and I was telling her, I'm just, I'm just fucking struggling. I really thought things would, like, take a turn and I thought I was really fit. And I thought, like, I'd get home and the whole altitude dates and all this. I thought it would, like, settle down and, you know, I'd be fucking flying. And I'd be really excited about, you know, the prospect of, let's say, Larn in 10 days' time. And um, Boston Marathon in um, eight weeks' time. And, you know, I could really resurrect things. And I tried to do a five-mile. I was supposed to do a 12-mile tempo yesterday because that's what it did about 12 days out from Larn last year. <clears throat> and I went to Victoria Park and I started out to do 12 mile and I got to mile five and I was I was knackered and I had to stop. And like, I just feel like my quads are just, they're just fucking not happy. I don't, I don't understand. I just feel, I just feel tired. My arms feel tired. My body feels tired. So I'm going to get a blood test done. I go and get that done on Friday. 
Um, and I, that might reveal something, but chances are it'll tell me absolutely nothing. And I have more to say about that, but what you have to do is you, you dissect a result, right? And, and today's podcast, before we move forward, we're going to dissect Tokyo. And that reminds me, I have a really light head right now. And it's because I am, as part of the dissecting process, I've gone three days without taking the antidepressant medication and fuck I've now got a really sore head and my body feels feels really like <laughs> I'm normally like pretty fucking hardcore about things and I really wanted to just go teetotal which like <laughs> like I've read reviews and you're really not supposed to do that but I just I just love the idea of like being fucked and just like like laughing about the fact that my body's having an absolute meltdown because I've tried to come off something. Now the reason I'm coming off the antidepressant medication is because as part of my dissecting process, if you look at the facts, I started this medication in December of last year. It wasn't the first time that I complained about feeling tired and you know, like there was factual evidence that like the heart rate variability and things like that, like the aura ring was telling me that these scores weren't um they weren't great to be honest with you um and i also had to start taking sleeping tablets because the medication was i was struggling to sleep basically i'm going to i'm going to own up to a lot of things today actually um and i feel like <clears throat> since i started taking the medication in december i just let's let like let's be honest like i haven't raced I certainly haven't fucking raced well. Like, I haven't raced at all, period. I didn't race in... The whole point of the medication was to calm me down and get things going in a good direction. And, like, I look at the last, like, nine months and, like, you know, literally two weeks before the Olympic Games, I have a fucking meltdown and don't want to go to the Olympic Games. And it's the same meltdown that I probably had a year ago when I decided I was going to retire. And so, like, with a, can I... When I'm when I'm thinking about coming off the medication, can I can I really be like, no, no, you definitely shouldn't come off it because you're in a way better place and you're really happy and everything's amazing. Well, not really. So yeah, I'm I'm fucking teetotal. But I am actually about to take half of one because um I, I need to stop being stubborn. And if I keep being stubborn, I'm just gonna like I'm sweating, I have a sore head. And I felt on the run this morning at like seven minute mile pace, I felt garbage. And I keep like, I keep thinking that things are just going to like turn around and like, you know, I'm going to like go out one of these days and be like, oh my God, I'm like really, really fit. And this is, this is fucking awesome. I knew it. I wasn't, (laughs) I wasn't delusional. I am actually really fit. And, you know, maybe I was supposed to run really well in the Olympics, but I don't think it's going to happen. I did that tempo yesterday and I was like, Stephen, it might be time to start accepting that you weren't as fit as you wanted to be. So just a second. All right. I took half a tablet. So the, oh, I feel better already. Just kidding. The really interesting thing is I was speaking to my granny earlier and we were talking about, you know, how much I was away and I went the altitude last November and I went the altitude January I went the altitude March. I went the altitude June and July. 
So one, two, three, four, I think maybe six months in the last nine months or something like that. I was at altitude um, all with the intention of running well at an Olympic Games. Like it was all geared towards running well at the Olympic Games. And the, the really sad part of that is, as I said to my grandmother this morning, I literally could have stayed in Belfast. Um, I could have went out drinking every weekend. I could have trained four times a week, three to four times a week, and achieved a better result than I did, because at least I I could have finished, and I would have started on the I would have stood on the start line of an Olympic Games, and I would have knew that I wasn't fit, I would have knew that I'm likely going to struggle, but at least I wouldn't have any form of ego expectation or anything like that. I'd have just stood there probably overweight from the drinking, probably pretty nervous about the fitness. But at least when the gun would have gone, I just would have set off at a leisurely pace and 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 finished, got round. And when I started to struggle, I'd say to myself, well, serves you right for fucking drinking every weekend. And 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 I'd have, I'd have dealt with it. And I'd have, you know, cracked on. Now, I'm not suggesting in any way, shape or form that that's the answer. It's not. I applied myself as much as um, I was willing. That's always how I talk. I perhaps didn't apply myself the most I possibly could because remember we're human and we're we're not monks and um, so you can you apply yourself as much as you're possibly willing. Um, I applied myself a lot. I financially invested a lot. Um, so did Athletics Northern Ireland. So did Athletics Ireland. Um, so did Dublin Marathon, but we didn't get the result um, that perhaps I thought I was capable of. I I came off a plane and did a <laughs> look. I'll, excuses are kind of fucking pointless. Um, a lot of the stuff I did in the two weeks leading into the Olympic marathon, I just had a call with the physiologist this morning, and we did a we did a treadmill test in japan and i was running at anyone that understands running lactate numbers etc et i was running at 21 kilometers an hour which is four maybe 434 pace or something stupid like that and my lactate was 1.4 1.2 1.4 1.2 for four minute stages which is it is fucking incredible let me tell you it is by far the best test I've ever done. Now, the problem is, there's two problems. It's only four minutes. It's not a marathon. It's not super fucking hot and humid. And it's only four minutes. So, I mean, I, I don't need to explain that to you. It's not 20 miles. It's not 25 miles. Um, it's only four minutes. It's in a nice environment rather than the hot, the heat and the humidity. And the next part of the problem is the treadmill could have been wrong. You know, these treadmills were something that the holding camp organizers organized for us. Just two treadmills in the hotel. There's no suggestion whatsoever that they were calibrated. We have absolutely no clue. Um, my, my Garmin didn't work on race day. My heart rate monitor didn't work on race day. I don't believe at any point of the two week build up, um, satellites worked. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think it was always just telling you that you're running faster than you actually were. And so I think I stood on the start line of Olympic marathon 
super, super confident that I was capable. I, I, I can tell you now, I, I believed I could run 210, even in the heat and the humidity. Um, my, my fitness test told me that. My heart rate and speed on the Garmin in the week leading into the race was better. I mean, I, I can just tell you, I, I could do a fucking report on it and I could show you what it said before London and then I could show you what it said before Tokyo. And it was better. It's a fact. Now, that doesn't mean that the 800 meter loop or 900 meter loop was 900 meters. And it also doesn't mean that the Garmin was fucking working. But I can just tell you that this is where I think athletes can be delusional. Um, I think if I look at the facts, two weeks before an Olympic marathon, I withdrew from the Olympic marathon. Go on. Um, two weeks before that, go on, get in your chair, we doggies, get in your chair, two weeks before that, um, my buddy's beagle is just trying to wind me up, now she's guarding the house, good girl, go on, no, no, sit in your wee seat, ah, 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 ah. go on, seat, I, I, loads of dog hairs, kills me, um, two weeks before an Olympic Games marathon, you withdraw, you know, psychological issues, um, the two weeks before that, I had to run 50 mile a week um, because of a cold and I didn't do a session for two weeks. Um, and the delusional part is I believe the body and mind, more the mind, um, is capable of tricking you into thinking you're a lot fitter than perhaps you actually are. And so basically what it does is it sees everything in a really positive light and you you basically um you basically think you're really fit and and I can tell you that there was okay I hope this works okay yes thank fuck for that I thought I lost somebody rang me and when people ring you I don't know just makes a mess of the voice recording but so you can essentially be delusional about fitness. Um, certain things can trip you up, etc., etc. So, look, I don't necessarily know for absolute certain um, what went wrong. Um, if I look at the training, and I'm really honest, did I did I train as hard? for Tokyo as I did for London um the answer is no is it totally my fault I applied myself in terms of on paper between altitude going on camps being away from home going to bed early gym twice a week etc etc like on paper there was a real impressive application but the the problem is, um, yeah, like, unfortunately, the problem is um, when I when I look at um, what I did before London, it was just so, so impressive um, because I was training with Mo Farah and Bashir Abdi, who just medaled at the Olympic Games. And you maybe a mistake was not joining those guys. Um, for this build up, you know, I had the option to go to Ethiopia 
um, I made a decision that a lot of people go to Ethiopia and struggle, um, food poison, stomach problems. Um, I made this decision that because I'm only one person, you know, I'm, I'm Stephen Scullion and that's one person and it's an Olympic Games. I didn't want to um, struggle. And look, I, I, I just made decisions that in hindsight, I might look back and think that was a mistake. Um, but I'm also just going to assume that, you know, I tried to do this tempo yesterday and it was, it was really shit. Like, it was so bad. <laughs> like I had the fucking Nike shoes on and the, <laughs> I can't sugarcoat it at all I couldn't I ran five miles and barely broke five minutes per mile and you know four weeks before or three weeks before I thought I was in a position to break the Irish record in Tokyo and I, and I, and what gave me that confidence was being able to do a pretty solid run in Flagstaff where I ran the last five or six miles sub five minute pace at 7,000 feet on a hot day and it was a pretty hot and humid day in Flagstaff so the heart rate was in a good place my body felt really good and it just feels like since the marathon you know it just it just hasn't felt great my quads have just felt tired and it's really it's really it's really tough it's really confusing for me um I really hope that I would go yesterday and, and do a, a really good tempo and, and it would have been similar to what I did before Larn um a year ago and, and I'd I'd have all this confidence and I'd go to Larn and I'd I'd show everybody all that hard work from um you know leading into the Olympics and, and all the sacrifice and all the rest of it. And and the reality is um you know I'm not gonna be able to do that because the fitness just isn't there. And at the end of the day the podcast and, and life was always about um, the journey. It was always about overcoming whatever whatever it was that was in your path. And the dissecting process can look at, you know, I guess because you guys think I'm in Flagstaff, there's an assumption there that, you know, it's perfect. Or, you know, I, I trained for, I think, six weeks in Flagstaff by myself. Um, I think I had a coach. Haas was in. Haas just happened to be in Flagstaff for I think three of the sessions that I did. Um, and yeah, like that, three sessions in six weeks is not enough to prepare well for an Olympics. You know, you to prepare for an Olympics, especially when you're training at altitude and it's really hot, you need you need support, you need like coaching support, you need athletes to train with, you need maybe bike support if you don't have athletes to train with, you might need someone to pace you on the bike, you might, I can tell you there's lots of things that I perhaps needed that would have helped and you know I just didn't get that help um, and it's it's not necessarily anybody's fault, decisions were made Um I made a pretty rash decision to fly to Flagstaff. I was supposed to go to, um, what do you call it? I was supposed to go to Font-Rameau, um, and I, I made a last-minute call to go to Flagstaff. Um, and, and I might look back at these things. and Or, you know, 
it could be that the um, duloxetine, if you Google search duloxetine side effects, um, you have muscle pain, you have fatigue, you have tiredness. Um, it could be that over the course of December to now, since I started taking, um, and I took double the dose because we did a, a DNA test that said I metabolized medication better or faster or than most people and so the dose was double you could find that that just i mean i I remember doing a podcast like i don't know exactly when but i remember doing a podcast and saying that i was you know going to stop taking the duloxetine because it was making me feel like shit and my heart rate variability was i think on average 20 to 30 lower it had normally been like 65 70 or 70 plus and it was down at like 50, I suppose you could say. And and so, yeah, I, I talked about um, coming off it. And um, but but I, I think I came off it for four days and then had an argument with um, when I was dating Katie at the time and decided to uh, go back on it. And I can tell you that I've had lots of arguments since even being on the medication. So I, I don't think that's the answer. Um, but look, it could be that, but I, but I'm, I'm a bit less, I don't just throw it down to one thing. I dissect things. I take a look and then I try to fix a lot of things that could potentially have been better. The next part would be, you know, a coach who had came on board, told me that I had averaged for 10 weeks, 74 mile a week and ran 209 at London. Um, and so I, I took his word for it that I didn't have to do much more. And, and I kind of just went with that. And the more I look at it, it's like, well, if you're going to average 75 mile a week and you're going to race people that are doing 120 mile a week, you know, what, what chance do you stand of being successful against these guys? And, and that was another decision that, you know, even though I was given advice, I still made that decision. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's lots of things. There's, there's lots of things I can work on. Um, I, I, I can hold my hands up to some things and hold myself accountable. And there's other things that situational, it just, you know, I didn't race in the whole year and I was supposed to race and then I had to get the throat surgery. Um, things just came up. I was supposed to race a 10 K, but under armor myself um other athletes within under armor were having trouble with which spikes we were allowed to race in which spikes were decent spikes for a 10k you weren't allowed to use under armor trainers on the track because they weren't cleared and there was just things came up that prevented racing and, and so whenever i ran 209 at london one of my pre-race questions is you know what is your goal and my goal was to break 210. And the next question is, basically, what the fuck gives you, you know, any inclination that you can do that? You know, is there any evidence to suggest you can do that? And my evidence was three weeks before I had ran 6108 for a half marathon. So, yeah, there was very strong evidence to suggest that I could run um, 209. Whereas before Tokyo, you know, there was there was speeds, there was heart rate, there was a lab test where I don't know if the treadmill was legit. There was just 
Yeah, it's just a bit of a shit fight. I've never, I've never spent ten days in a hotel before a race and only left to go, you know, eat in the canteen. I've never had rice and curry three times a day for the ten days leading into a race. There was a lot going on that that was different from normal, and hopefully the next race. Now, on the topic of the next race, you know, it's supposed to be Boston Marathon, but I don't know that my body's there because. I'm trying to force it back into full marathon training and slight, I'm trying to fix what I thought didn't go well for Tokyo and I'm trying to get bike support and I'm trying to get help and I'm trying to run a bit more mileage and I'm trying to push through when it comes to instead of like being lazy and not going and double running, I'm trying to go do it. And then my body's telling me that and my body and my brain is just screaming at me to just take some time, just, just let things calm down. Even the fact that I'm trying to jump straight back into marathon training while trying to come off this medication. And so I'm sitting here now with a sore head, not feeling great. And, you know, in the best part of an hour, if I don't go and do a double run, I'm going to think I'm being lazy. And I did 11 miles this morning, but full marathon training to be competitive on the start line of Boston, you have to run 15 to 17 miles a day. Or I cannot stand on the start line of Boston and think, did you train similar to the athletes you're stood on this start line with? Can you honestly expect to beat these athletes? Um, and so, yeah, it's it's, it's tough. Um, ideally, I'd have loved to have just taken two weeks to myself and I'd have ran six to eight miles a day, maybe eight miles a day. Um I'd have maybe every third or fourth day done a little bit of tempo or a little fartlek. Um, and, you know, I'd have done my rehab. I'd have got decent physio. I'd have got massage. I'd have got a blood test done. I'd have made sure the blood test was okay. I would have um, came off the medication at the doctor's orders, probably weaning it down, tapering the body off it. And I would have made sure that, what are we now, August? I would have made sure on the 1st of September, I can crack on with training, knowing that my iron's not low, my vitamin D's not low, my magnesium's not low, I'd have got my teeth checked. I'd have done all the little things that I usually do at the start of a build-up. What I've actually done is came back from um, Tokyo after a massive disappointment. And let's be honest, my, my heart was broken, like, quite a lot. And in, in more ways than one, because like my, <laughs> I don't want to cry because like I've done so well, but Tokyo broke my heart. I don't know. It just wasn't the day that I, that I thought that I'd trained for and, and worked towards and, and really dedicated myself. And it, it was embarrassing for me. And you can put on like a brave face and, and, you know, no matter how much a psychiatrist tries to help you be able to deal with whatever, whatever comes of it, it's still really hard to take. And then I left Tokyo and, um, you know, flew to London and, and, and didn't even go home. Like just didn't know what to do, didn't know where to go and just felt a bit, just felt a bit alone. Um, and you you end up alone when when you when you push not necessarily push people away but when you spend your life traveling from camp to camp and who do you think's going to be there for you you know when 
when you come back and everyone's cracked on and they have their own lives and all the rest of it. So it was really quite tough. And I, and I came home to that situation and did all I know how to do. And, and actually, before dissecting perhaps what went wrong, I was just really hoping what actually went wrong was altitude dates. And I was hoping that the fitness was really good. And, and I was hoping that I was in a really good place and basically assuming any day now this fitness is going to turn around and any day now I'm going to be flying and everything's going to be awesome. And, and the reality is I just wasn't accepting the situation for what it was. And then if one of the issues was I didn't race enough in the last year, you're kind of sitting there and you're like, oh, well, shit, then I need to get back racing. And that's what I mean. Like, it's fine to race, but what's your what's your goal from racing? Do you want to race because you think you should race because you've had this gap and, and this time period that you haven't raced? Well, then what race is a good race to do that? You know, is the Boston Marathon the race for you? It's the fucking Boston Marathon. You're a 209 runner and you're 20th on the list of PBs. Hold on. So today is a very, there's a lot going on. I think I know what I need to do, which is, and I'm probably afraid to do it. I'm afraid to accept that for seven to 10 days, I just need to take things a bit easier. I need to slow everything down. I need to get my blood test Friday. If I get the blood test Friday, the results should be back before the end of next week. So I can get the results back, make sure nothing's wrong. Likely there isn't going to be anything wrong, but it's worth doing that. I need to get the teeth checked and make sure there's nothing going on in my mouth and, and that can make the body feel a bit run down. And I need to wean myself off the medication that I genuinely believe might have led to a, to a chronic tiredness. If you, The last time I, I hinted at coming off the antidepressant medication, someone sent me an article from a runner called, I'm, I feel like a twat now because he's a bloody great runner. I think it's Cara Goucher's husband. And I think her husband's called Brett Goucher. I hope I'm right because he's an absolute beast. Oh, was I right? No. Damn it. But Brett Goucher is a very good runner. Um, he ran for the university, the Colorado Buffaloes. Um, let's see if Brett Goucher ran. That's a great book, actually, running with the Buffaloes. Um, but anyway, absolute beast. Is that Brett Goucher? Cara Goucher. Who is Cara Goucher, Mark? Adam Goucher. Fuck. That kind of pisses me off. Adam Goucher, at least, um, I, I can understand why. Adam Goucher was an absolute machine, right? This guy, when I went to work cross country in Japan, in Fukuoka, he was absolutely amazing. But somebody sent me an article. Um, I'm going to actually type in Adam Goucher, let's run antidepressants, right? And so, Someone sent me this article and the article, well, I, I think it's on this. I think Adam Goucher was on antidepressant, but he got off it because he thought it affected his performance. So there was a, there was a, there was a message 2008, this went up and there, and there was like, this is on that, like, let's run website. Um, 
and it was about Adam Goucher and taking um, antidepressants. And then it went on to say that he pretty much stopped taking them because he just wasn't as good a runner ever since he started taking them. And remember that they only have to... So today has been a really, like, brain realisation moment. If by not taking them for two to three days... um. Like, like you know, I feel the way I do, as in sore head, sweating, like, like sweating, just sitting around. Um, that's how it can make you feel by not taking them for like two days, three days. God knows what chronic effect they can have um, over like that long period of time. So, like, like someone just said here, remember too that Adam Goucher took antidepressant and said it affected his training and racing. I believe he didn't. I believe he said he didn't have that deep down toughness and high motivation anymore. He also said that the doc told him the drug wouldn't affect this. But Goucher asked himself how many studies have been done on elite athletes taking these kind of drugs. And look, you guys think of me as this fucking animal that would never quit. And the fact of the matter is, I quit. You know, like, and this is the problem. Believe me, when this psychiatrist told me to take these I was like what if it what if it changes what if it makes me content and I don't and I'm just lazy and I don't feel the need to prove myself or let's be honest to be a good runner you need to be a little bit fucked up to be like a champion you need to be probably extremely fucked up you might walk around like calm and looking calm and all the rest of it but you need to go to places that are really fucking tough and are really challenging to get there. You have to push your psychology to places that 99.9% of the world isn't willing to do. And I don't know if that played a role. Maybe it did. Maybe it's the maybe it's the biggest role. And maybe, but you can see the dilemma. Need a blood test. Need the results. Need my teeth checked. Need to get myself off the antidepressants. And whether I consider new ones or not is completely something else um i will speak to a psychiatrist i will keep speaking to a psychiatrist i'm not going to just ditch everything my mental health is very very important i'm not telling people to stop taking their mental health medication i'm a professional athlete trying to compete at the highest possible level and if the antidepressants affect my performance by instead of being able to average 455 per mile in victoria park i average 505 to 510 it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's actually huge. You've went from an Olympic caliber athlete to, you know, an athlete that would be very lucky and should be very happy if they qualify or they run a qualifying standard. And as far as I'm concerned, I made all these breakthroughs last year. And then I tried to fix things like not racing a couple of weeks before. I I, I did a much longer build up, you know. Instead of for 10 weeks averaging 74 miles a week, I think for 28 weeks, I averaged like 78 miles a week. You know, it was it was far better. And so it felt like you were you were putting in all the work. But, you know, when push came to shove, you just didn't have it in you. You didn't have what it took. Um, I'm probably going to read more about this sort of like antidepressant effect. Um, because, yeah, it's very interesting to hear people I, I i broke down almost when you know I, not only that i broke down when i first talked to the psychiatrist i was really afraid 
that it would have an effect. Um, and, and yeah, like they're right. How many studies have been done on Olympians or people will it wanting to be an Olympian or wanting to be really good? So, um, yeah, so you can see the dilemma why it's tough to just jump straight back into full training when there might be some things going on that you, you know, you need to resolve before your body is even in a position to full train. And I think what I run the risk of is trying to jump back into full training while my body is fighting the fact that I'm coming off this medication and it legit fights it because it it's like trying to come off any thing that a body's become a bit dependent on it's going to fight me so it's going to feel tired it's going to feel even worse my emotions are going to be all over the place it's probably the right time to just take 10 days to two weeks pretty relaxed and not put pressure on the brain and and then be in a position to say okay how many weeks are left can I resurrect things for Boston? Am I in a better place? Have I at least got a clean run and a clean five to six weeks could be enough given all the training I have done to extract a good result? If it's not, then you have to let it go. It's that simple. There's plenty of marathons in December. There's plenty in November. There's plenty in December. There's plenty at the start of next year. (coughs) I should not be trying to rush things if that's not the right answer and I don't think I'm suggesting that because I'm afraid to race or let me tell you the way I felt yesterday running around Victoria Park I'm a million miles away from running 26 miles at under five minute mile pace um I I could barely do five in the park yesterday and and like I don't know how I'm going to turn that around to run 26 so um that's all part of the journey that's all part of the podcast so the 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 podcast will be um you know there's going to be over the next couple of days i'm going to plan properly and professionally that'll be a plan towards commonwealth games next year in birmingham um there's also a thought process that i might try to train on the track for um instead of going to like eugene world champs and trying to run a marathon which is going to be very hot and really tough um i could try to qualify on the track um i don't know how tough that would be um and i'm and i might try to change my situation whereby i have people to train with and company and and one thought process was for example to train a bit more in dublin where there's you know lots of group stuff going on that i i've been a big i mean it's gonna sound stupid but like i have tried to encourage that and be quite positive about that because i know the impact of the group and it's like you're only as strong as the pack versus trying to do everything alone and but yeah lots going on but i just want everyone to know that i'm i'm okay and i'm probably fighting my own psychology because i want to just crack on and crack on and crack on whereas my body even this morning, the fact that I'm struggling to run like seven minute mile and it's probably telling me that, you know, I know psychologically and mentally you want to crack on, but maybe physically I'm just not there yet. Um, and so look, I, I appreciate you all, um, listening. It's, it's always absolutely fantastic. And, you know, there's a really positive response. One of the best things to come out of the last 
four or five years has certainly been the podcast. And um, let's be honest, I started my Tokyo journey. Um, I was 83 kilograms. I had just got home from a night out um, where I had been, you know, I had a liter of whiskey in me and um, coke and, and cigarettes and, and a joint and all sorts. And I had ripped my back open on a barbed wire fence and hadn't ran in eight months. So to start my Paris journey in a far, far better place and knowing how far I, or knowing what I achieved in the last four or five years, you know, I think there's plenty to be excited about and plenty to look forward to. So as ever, life's a journey and you have to, you know, deal with the good and the bad and take the bad on the chin, learn from it, adapt and get better um, and then be humble about the good. So um, I've no doubt before the year will end, there will be something exciting to, to, I mean, Dublin European cross country, the dog like moaning at me over there but you know there's going to be exciting things coming up whether it's a marathon whether it's boston and in the near future um if things do take a good turn um or you know maybe a valencia or just something to be excited about um and something to build towards and remember that's what running's so good for just giving us purpose and um it's it's mad that something that's so good for your mental health and so good for your health in general is my job and um, I'm, I'm really grateful for that so all right guys thanks for listening scully appreciate it